1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, it's Encourage a Young Writer Day. You got anything to share with the young people who dream of following in your footsteps? I do, I'm Tony
2: Kornheiser. Stay away from TV. This is my house. Find something else, okay? Stay away from television.
1: Yeah, you don't really love TV more than writing. You don't. No, I don't. Writing
2: is my first
1: love. Yeah, writing same is what here. I
2: respect the most.
1: No, same love here. writing.
2: Doesn't pay. Stay away from TV.
1: <laughs> oh, don't Welcome say to PTI, that.
2: boys and girls. In today's episode, Rudy Gobert gets sent home. The NBA uh. is looking into the Mavs tank job, and the Tampa Bay Rays have yet to lose. But we begin today with the Masters, which John Rahm won convincingly by beating Brooks Kepka head to head by six shots over their last 18 holes together yesterday. Ultimately, because of the weather on Saturday, Rom and Kepka finished 30 holes together yesterday. And Kepka wilted and Rahm did not. Wilbon, what do you make of what
1: Rom did and how he did it? Tony, he did something that they used to call staying the course. Pun intended. I mean, not just sort of the weather and the way the tournament had to play out. Had to play out because of the postponements. Um, but also just, I mean, look, Augusta... National is trying in the best of times. Rom used to be known for being a guy who could lose his temper with himself. And he kept his yep. composure yep. completely throughout. Yep. And, was, and, and Tony, I was impressed. It's just me. I was as impressed with his graciousness in victory as I was with victory. I, mean, I just thought that Rom he brought something that golf should be proud of. That that he exemplifies something. And people seem to really embrace him and like him. And he was sentimental when it was appropriate. He was gracious when appropriate. He 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 also talked about yeah. you know, having some steel when that was necessary. And I just thought the whole 360 degrees of John Rahm was pretty cool this weekend.
2: Agree with everything you've said. Agree with all of it. John Rahm's the best golfer in the world. The only guy you can put in that category with him is Scotty Scheffler right now. And Scotty Scheffler, I believe, finished eight shots behind him. There were people who could have won the Masters. Brooks Kepka could have won it. Patrick Cantley could have won it. Victor Hovland could have won it. All three of those guys were at least two over par yesterday, so they fell away. And you could say that they lost the tournament, but John Rahm won it. He was three under yeah. on a Sunday. There you is won. something to be said for closing... At a major, on a Sunday, you shoot a 69 at the Masters, you deserve to win that. When you shoot a 67 at the U.S. Open, as he did at Tory Pines, you deserve to win. And in both cases, he came from behind. Now, there are going to be people who are going to look at Brooks Koepka and going to say, well, sure, he couldn't close because he hasn't played 72 holes all year. Because mm. the format of the Saudi tour is 54. I'm not buying mm-hmm. that, Mike, because Phil Mickelson finished with 65 and Patrick Reed finished with 68. What I'm buying is this. I'm buying that lately, and he's got four majors, Brooks Kepka. Four is a tremendous amount of majors. And he was one away from getting five, which is Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it's undeniable if you have five. But lately in majors, Mike, if he's been at the lead or near the lead, he hasn't been able to close. Phil Mickelson beat him. I believe it was a Kiowa on a PGA. And he was close to the lead with Tiger when Tiger won his last master. So he hasn't been able to do that. In this case, Mike, over
1: those 30 holes, he lost eight shots. He lost eight shots to Romance, a lot of shots. Yeah, no, he, he was not. Look, he had a reputation before that as closing because he'd held the lead four times after 54 holes and won. And won him. But that has That's not right. been the case. But you know what, Tony? You know, Jack Nicklaus finished second how many times? 18? 19. I mean, 19, 19. Seconds. Okay, so, you know, this is <laughs> – golf is cruel in that way, and I don't see Kepka right. as lesser – to your point, I see Rom as, as greater. I do. We had a slew of other storylines from the Masters. Saudi tour players were three of the top six finishers. Phil, the aforementioned Phil, was one of them, firing a final round 65, his best Sunday round, I think, ever at the Masters. Tiger, who could barely walk off the course Saturday, withdrew Sunday rather than go out there and struggle through 28 more holes. Amateur Sam Bennett finished tied for 16th. And 63-year-old Freddie Couples, sweet swinging Freddie, became the oldest ever to make the cut at Augusta. Tom, what was the most compelling second storyline to you? Meaning
2: no disrespect to anybody I'm going to leave out here. There is no question that the secondary storyline is Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson went out there and, as you said, he shot 65 on a Sunday at the Masters at a major that he has won three times before. He's 52 years old. If for a twist of fate, John Rahm, as happens at Augusta, throws a couple in the water in the last four or five holes, you know, from 12, 13, 14, 15. If he throws some in the water and somehow Mickelson wins, it's the greatest story in the history of golf just because of his age at 52. But then you add the layer... That he turned his back on the PGA Tour and he went to the Saudi Tour and was extremely yeah. critical of the PGA Tour when he left. That has, it has shown that everything he said was correct. That would make it an even bigger story. As you say, the Saudi Tour guys finished, I thought it was three in the top five, but three in the top six is fine. Not even their best guys, not Dustin Johnson, not Cam Smith, but Kepka and Mickelson and Patrick Reed. They are vindicated in all of this stuff. You, you, you just, I mean, look, the PGA Tour doesn't go down the drain because John Rom won this thing. But I don't see how you can keep these Saudi Tour guys out of big tournaments now with what they've shown
1: that they are competitive on the biggest stage. Yeah, I I don't divide them. You and I talked about this on your podcast this morning. I don't divide them up in the Saudi Tour and PGA. I've been watching them. We've been watching Phil Mickelson for 35 years I don't consider right. him a Saudi tour guy. He's Phil Mickelson. Now, you know, even no, Patrick don't. Reed, he's a villainous little dude who I generally find loathsome, but I don't consider him belonging to anything. He belongs to himself. These are independent contractors. So I didn't care about they that. They all belong to I cared to about somebody. Tiger Woods, Eldrick Woods. Right. I don't need to see that. Right. I don't want to see that anymore. I mean, this is one of my up there with Ali and Jordan for me, up there on that level for me. All right. I don't want to see that from Tiger. I don't want to see Tiger shuffling and barely able to walk. And I understand that that willfulness, the need to feel that I can still do it is what makes him Tiger Woods and separates him from the others. I get that. Don't want to see it. Don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. So it's painful to watch. Yeah. There's no point. You,
2: yeah, I agree. I, you have to ask yourself, is, is he really equipped to go 72 anymore? No, By the way, I appreciate not. your feelings about not separating the Saudi tour and the PGA tour, but people like me do make that separation. The thing is, you wouldn't have heard it on television because it was never mentioned. It was never mentioned. No, it wasn't. The Minnesota Timberwolves sent Rudy Gobert home early yesterday after Gobert punched teammate Kyle Anderson in a huddle in a game against New Orleans and Minnesota ultimately won to finish eighth in the West. In this same vein, Timberwolves starter Jaden McDaniels broke his hand reportedly while punching a wall. Well, Bob, the Wolves have now suspended Gobert for the next game. Where does
1: all this leave Minnesota one day before they play the Lakers in a play-in game? Yeah, I said this last year at least once, maybe more than that. The Minnesota Timberwolves major in stupid. They just do one dumb thing after. Their head coach yesterday used the word immature in his press conference, which I watched. He used it like three or four times, immature, which is the kindest way of saying dumb. Because Rudy Gobert is not 23 years old. Rudy Gobert is like a multiple-time defensive player of the year. He's been in the playoffs. He's played internationally. He's not some kid. He's not some one-and-done. But he acts like a fool, and this is not the only time. Jaden McDaniel, he's one of the best defensive players in the league, Tony. I know I have him on my all-defensive first team, I'm I'm pretty sure. Nas Reed, who they already lost to an injury, they just – throw three bigs out of their lineup. They're going to get crushed by the Lakers. Now, Minnesota will have a second chance. And so maybe suspending Gobert was the right thing to do because you stand on that anyway. They'll have a second chance even if they lose, and they're going to lose by getting the winner of the 9-10. But, Tony, the Timberwolves, they got some talent. You want to see Anthony Edwards. I love watching him. I was interested to see old Minneapolis the Lakers against New Minneapolis, the Timberwolves, and now this team, they're just so dumb.
2: Dumb. Yeah. So as you know, I root for them because our friend Nathan Dubis is an assistant coach on that team. But clearly you can't punch a guy in a huddle. You can't punch a teammate. Look at the trouble that Draymond Green got in at a practice. You can't punch a guy in the middle of the game. Rudy Gobert, they they spent all their draft picks for the next 50 years on Rudy Gobert, and he's averaging 13 points, I believe, and... 12 rebounds, which is good, but not as good as he was in Utah. And he was talking the other day, that's why this is so odd, about the aggressive leadership style of the guy he punched. And he said, I don't take it personally. Really? It feels like you took Slow it personally because you punched this guy. I, I just get the sense that they've lost their way. You know, they, were, they brought in Gobert to work with Towns. Towns missed a million games to injuries. I will just say this. It does seem like fate is smiling on LeBron James again who loves that nickname, King James. Ah, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. after a long three, he literally, figuratively, not literally, put a crown on his own head, which is a cool thing to do if your team is finishing seventh, don't you think? Let's take a break. Did you coming up, see the Russell Rays Jordan rolling. Put a crown
1: on their own heads after finishing seventh? Didn't see wondering. that, but is it just a product uh-huh. of a soft schedule? And should the Mavericks be punished for bailing on their last two games of the season? Can, can Minnesota, anybody just have some discipline? Can you just yeah. have some discipline? And the answer appears to be year after year, hell
0: no, they cannot. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
2: Mike and I respect our viewers, even the ones who email us. Mail time! sure about that? Sure about those? Put them in upside down. How concerned should the NBA be about the Mavs blatantly tanking the last two games of the season? Not at
1: all. I mean, not at all. I mean, it's, a, it's just a PR move. I mean, that, that's all it is. I mean, th- what's bad about this, the Mavericks look really stupid and clumsy because they had weeks to figure this out. And they've just made one bad decision after another from Mark Cuban on down about sort of letting Jalen Brunson go and then trading for Kyrie Irving. One blunder after another. And it's like, oh, let's cover this up by tanking too. So they lost their two games purposefully so they would be able to retain a pick, a draft pick, that otherwise would go to the New York Knickerbockers. That's what this is about. Should the league investigate this, not a dime should be spent. They're not the only team to tank. They make the league look bad, and maybe that's why the league feels it has to do something. It's a PR move and a wasteful one at that. So we
2: sort of kind of agree and we sort of kind of disagree around the periphery of this. The Mavericks right now are a clown show. And it starts at the top with Mark Cuban, who protested a game last month, which is a fool's errand. And then he traded for Kyrie Irving, which was a disaster. In the 16 games that Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic were on the court together, the Mavericks lost 11 of them. The tanking thing is the smartest thing he's done in a while. But I will say this, Mike. If there were a living, breathing commissioner in the NBA, he would look at what Mark Cuban has done lately. And I think he would come down pretty hard on Mark Cuban. That's not what's going to happen. There's going to be a fine. There's going to be a slap on the wrist. People are going to look the other way because it, does, it doesn't really matter. And, and again, the only smart thing he's done is tank these games tank. so that he doesn't yeah. have to give up a draft pick well, he in the Porzingis trade that I think happened 22
1: years ago. When was this Porzingis trade? It's so long ago, Mike. Send him to your town. Tony, it's fine for Cuban to tank the games. And by the way, let me commend Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, when he's put in an impossible situation, went out there and he really, I thought, effectively said, hey, this is what my bosses decided. I'm good yeah. with it because they're my bosses. Yeah, and you do have to take steps fired. backwards sometimes. Yeah. He'll get another Donchick job. Donchich is going to leave, get and job. Kidd is going to be he fired.
2: That's, that, that is That is going down the La Brea tar pits as we speak. <laughs> the Rays 9-0 and start to the season. Big deal, little deal, or no deal?
1: Well, it's no deal because a game, a season lasts 162 games. It's no deal. I will say this, there's some curious stuff. I mean, first of all, they beat Detroit, Washington, and Oakland, so there's nothing there. They're not beating the 27 Yankees. But, That's right. The Rays have scored the most runs in baseball and allowed the fewest. They have the most home runs while having the fewest strikeouts. So if you look at all these things that baseball is trying to get done, you know, have more action, put more balls in play, all of those sorts of things that have been the mandate, the Rays are on the good side of that and they're playing really well. But it's nine games. okay? it's nine. That means one hundred and fifty three to go. It's not no deal because it's 9-0 and oh. and because they've
2: outsc- they have won every game by at least four runs and the accumulation of runs is 75-18. to 18. I understand it's against lousy teams, but they're rolling people. You know rolled people recently? UConn and the NCAAs. And what happened at the end of the NCAAs? UConn rolled somebody else and they won the whole thing. Now, my hesitancy is because the three teams they've beaten, as you mentioned, are all last place teams. And their cumulative record is 7-21. and And even if you miraculously took away the 9 that they lost to Tampa, they would still be 7-12. and So you have to wait. You have to wait and see what happens when Tampa plays That's good team. That's why teams. it's no deal. But you can't say it's no, no, no. It's at least, yeah, a, little it's at least
1: a little deal. It's at least a little deal, Mike. UConn played like one-fifth the number of games that Tampa will play. That's why it's no deal. Not yet. We got plenty of time to follow it. It may become a big deal, just not yet. Enough email. Let's take one last break. Still to come, a big blow for the U.S. women's soccer team. And the Bruins accomplished something no NHL team ever has. That is a big deal. The Bruins okay, So let me just go
0: back what on what you are doing.
2: UConn, all of UConn's non-conference schedule, they won by double digits. If you yeah. had seen this then, you could have predicted this down the road. I'm saying you might see something in Tampa right now that helps you down the road show how good they are. That's possible.
0: Weddings are all about the bride and groom, but they're a chance to look your best, too. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though they start at just $499. It's easier than ever to be impeccably dressed with Indochino, so order your custom suits now and be ready for wedding season. Design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, and more. That's right. It's bespoke without the premium price tag. Suits start at just $499 and fitted shirts at $89. To make life even easier, you can set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. But if you prefer a premium in-person experience, just book an appointment at a showroom near you and let an Indochino style guide walk you through every step. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code PTI to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's INDOCHINO.com, promo code PTI.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens?
2: and happy 52nd birthday, Eric DaCosta. We put them together as Bishotti, is the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, and DaCosta is their general manager, having succeeded Ozzie Newsom. Newsom won two Super Bowls for Baltimore. The calling card on those Ravens teams was defense. Their quarterbacks, Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco, were simply good. The quarterback on the Ravens now, Lamar Jackson, is thought to be great. But Jackson has refused all the Ravens' offers for a new contract, and has been put under the franchise tag. It remains to be seen if Jackson has played his last game for the Ravens. Will DaCosta draft his replacement later this month, or will DaCosta signing Odell Beckham Jr.
1: yesterday convince Jackson to return? That's not going to convince him to return. I'm not buying that at all. And, Tony, Lamar Jackson's won one playoff game, right? Same number of Super Bowl appearances as, oh, wait, one fewer than Rex Grossman. And you gotta pay, really? You gotta give him $200 million guaranteed? No, you don't gotta.
2: Happy anniversary, Ken Griffey Jr. On this day, 23 years ago, Griffey Jr. hit his 400th career home run. That was 400 in just over 11 seasons, followed by 230 more in his final 10 seasons. Number 400 came on Ken Griffey Sr.'s birthday, which is today. Griffey Sr. is 73 years old. Griffey Jr.'s first home run also came on his father's birthday in 1989 when Ken Sr. was 39. Griffey Jr. is the greater player, but he was never in a World Series, and his dad won two with the Reds. It's a close call as to who is the greatest father and son combination in
1: baseball history, the Griffey's or Barry and Mm. Bobby Bonds? Wow, that's interesting, Tone. Ken Griffey Jr. is the most elegant, stylish baseball player to me that I've ever seen. And let me just say this. He also has the sweetest golf swing I've ever seen. It translates, Tone, from the plate to the tee box. It does. I've seen it. Yeah, you and
2: I, it doesn't translate for us. Happy no. trails
1: to Dwayne Casey and Steven Silas. They
2: became the first two NBA coaches to be moved after the end of the regular season. And truthfully, they never had a chance. They were given bad young teams. Casey announced he would move into the front office with the Pistons after Detroit ended season 17 and 65. Casey had coached them since 2018, posting a 121 and 263 record, never winning a playoff game. Silas coached the Houston Rockets last three seasons, finishing 22 and 60 this season, 59 and 177 in his tenure. If either of these teams lands Victor Wembanyama, some new coach walks in and reaps the
1: reward. Man, you'd almost want to try and wait until after the draft lottery. Because that's when you're going to know. Because if you got one, you got victor, and you got a whole change of life coming.
2: One omission. The Pirates say O'Neill Cruz will be out four months after surgery to stabilize a fractured fibula. And let's go to the big finish here. Good. Let's do it. Mallory Swanson tore her
1: left patellar tendon. Is likely out for the World Cup. Is that significant? Yeah, she's the U.S. team's leading scorer. Definitely significant. The Bruins won their NHL record 63rd game of the regular season. You impressed? Very much so. I mean, I understand
2: you can get shootout wins now, but they got two more games to go. It's great. 20-year-old Cardinals rookie Jordan Walker has a hit in the first nine games of his career. How does that taste?
1: Ah, that's a nine-game note that's really noteworthy, not just going 9-0. Um, Quinnipiac scored 10 seconds into overtime to win the NCAA men's hockey national title over Minnesota. Impressed? I, I am. I thought Quinnipiac was a D3 school, famous for, you know, political
2: polls. Good for them. Small Connecticut school. Good for them. Last one. WNBA draft is tonight. I know
1: you got a mock draft. Who goes first? Aliyah Boston seems to be the consensus number one. Indiana Fever hold that pick. Diamond Miller apparently could go number two to the Minnesota Lynx, Tony, but Aliyah Boston thinks South Carolina's star
2: going first. A lot of time. We'll try and do better the next time. To Dick and
1: to Alan and to Rick, I'm sorry I was so terrible in that tournament Saturday.
2: I just I'm
1: Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcast. Um, and now, here is SportsCenter. I shot 108. It's like a bad temperature. That's not good.